Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to today's episode of Drive Through HR. Uh, it is Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020, also known as day 5,642 in COVID pandemic terms, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm Robin Schooling, one of your, uh, one of your hosts, and uh, joining me today is my co-host, Michael Vandervoort. Hey, Mike. Hey Robin, um, are you sure it's only five thousand days? It seems longer than that. <laughs> it it really kind of does. Um, this is the longest year in the history of years. Yeah, I saw something the other day where it was like, "Do you want 2020?" And some guy wrote back and said, "No, <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense." It was like in money, but he meant the years. No. Um, yeah, it, it, and, and to add to fun, the last time we talked, I think you were having some remarkably fine weather in, in Louisiana. Yes, we were. Today, today, as I was driving into the office for part of the day, I heard that the high it would be 92 here, but it'll feel like 100. And I was like, yeah, that's that Florida part where I love it down yep. here. But days like this make you wish for fall every now and then. So anyway, well, if you, I'm just, doing... you just run from air-conditioned building to exactly. air-conditioned car to – Air-conditioned buildings. And hope you so. don't get baked in those few seconds in between or rain down. So, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, let's, let's talk to our guest. Let's talk to our guest. We have, a, we have an all-southern um, all, um, uh, U.S. show today because uh, our guest uh, is also from the uh, fine city of Baton Rouge, and we're, we're quarantining socially distancing in our houses about two miles from each other. So it's <laughs> right. really, really kind of cool. Um, so welcome, welcome, welcome to our guest, Christine Assaf. Christine? Yes, thank you. Hi. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Good, good. So we um, like to, uh, you know, remember that we're we're an HR show, so we use every cliche available, um, including the um, – <laughs> the kickoff, you know, kind of interview question. Um, so we're going to toss it to you. So um, for our audience members, uh, for those who know you and those who don't know you, um, why don't you uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you spend your time, what your what your passions are, whatever. Right, yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm in South Louisiana, Southern girl, kind of born and bred. So, uh, uh, you know, love the life down here, and but hate the summer. <laughs> um, and uh, I am, you know, in HR by trade, kind of started off in, um, in business management, you know, and fell into HR as most HR people are wont to do. Uh, <laughs> we all, I don't think there's anybody that actually goes into it with intent, or if there are, there are very few of us. Um, yeah. And we're... Worked in lots of different industries over the years. You know, I worked in radio for a while and, um, and worked in nonprofits. And then my most recent employment was working um, in the garbage industry and the waste industry. And right now I'm um, doing a lot of uh, consulting and things like that, unfortunately. Um, 
you know, uh, haven't been able to find any employment just recently in which I'm, I'm kind of out there with the rest of the one in four people who are unemployed right now <laughs> due to COVID reasons. Um, and that's fine because, uh, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm really enjoying the time to be able to be quarantined and not have to deal with the HR side of things right now. Yep. Um, I kind of lucked out in that regard. Um, but, uh, but, but regardless, you know, kind of HR is my background, dealing with humans, dealing with people is, is kind of where I live. I'm also a grad student right now in IO psychology. I'm an older grad student. And so I'm uh, currently working towards that degree and absolutely loving it and really digesting all of the material and things like that. So I kind of like to live and breathe in the psychology uh, world of how we work with each other and how humans interact with one another. So um, it's real fun. Um, And then in my spare time, (laughs) in my spare time between all of that, um, I, um, I actually uh, uh, co-founded and, and helped run with a, with a, with a wonderful leadership team, uh, a, a, a local community advocacy organization that exists here in Baton Rouge. It's called Progressive Social Network, and it is just a group of people who are interested in uh, uh, watchdogging local politics, um, you know, working towards inclusion and equity for everyone in our city. Um, because Baton Rouge tends to be the state capital, uh, a lot of uh, state initiatives tend to kind of get overshadowed by our local, um, you know, over our local um, entities. And so things like, you know, who's on the school board and, uh, you know, uh, what's the Metro Council doing and what are the laws that are going through there and how are they affecting our local city and neighborhoods? We tend to do a lot of just highlighting that and, um, and, and, and digesting the information so that people can kind of easily understand it. And Right now, Baton Rouge kind of has a spotlight on it. <laughs> um, yes, I'm sure I, I many, shared many the, people uh, I shared that video with Michael last night. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure many, many people have probably seen uh, a video of a local advocate uh, named Gary Chambers Jr., who um, who was at a school board meeting and did an amazing, amazing speech against one of the school board members, um, and uh, and that has been going viral. And so once again, Baton Rouge is kind of on the <laughs> on the, the <laughs> national uh, talk right now uh, with all of that. But um, but that's that's the kind of thing that I'm involved in. A lot of my leadership team who who handle education, they were um, they were there at that meeting. I was watching the meeting as it happened, and so then to see kind of the backlash that happened in the national discussion is kind of crazy. So that's a little yeah. bit about me, and it's a little bit about what I'm passionate about, and uh, and yeah. So that's, uh, that's about all I got. <laughs> well, the show's over then. Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. We had a script. No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did see that video. I, I, I had seen the, the story about the uh, city council member who was shopping for whatever. Yes, Tommy up, Bernard, which now, yeah. of course, now there's a whole conversation of, you know, let's not call uh, 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 people Karens. Instead, let's call them Connies, you know, and so it's... <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a pretty funny thing, and 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 it's going to turn into a bigger thing here for our local city, where oh, yeah. people are going to start to rally and get together and want to um and want to create some change and and ask for this person to be removed from office. And so again, my organization will probably be part of that coalition to help that effort. Politics and work, yep. very confusing, right? <laughs> they are. They are. Kind of things, and it seems to me. Um, from an HR perspective, if you will, that, you know, we've, I mean, every company and every HR professional has been like, I don't know, like your head has to be on a 360 degree swivel because there has been, you know, it was COVID and then it was, you know, um, 
racial issues, and then mm-hmm. and then it's the economy, which you know they're all and they all kind of roll up under each other, and it feels like we're in some weird triple witching hour where no matter what you do, you may or may not get it right, right? So I think in some cases people get paralyzed, but um, you you I've seen you in the last year, or so you've been pretty active in a number of areas, and um, I guess I'd be curious to think how you feel it jud- or bumps up against your HR skills and your HR role if, if you're inside a company. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, there are a lot of parallels to, I guess, um, you know, advocacy work and, and being involved in your local politics um, as well as, you know, what we do in HR. You know, I, I think that, I think there can be a tendency maybe for many HR people to feel like those two things can't coexist maybe because they uh-huh. feel like, well, my employer wouldn't be okay with it. And, you know, what if uh, they disagree with me? And, 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 you know, and then also just the idea of, you know, it is a very divided country at this point. And if you take a stance on something, you know, people will tend to assume your, uh, how you feel on certain things and, and it's us versus them kind of thing. And I think that what, what my opinion on that is and the way that I look at it is, is that, you know, in the work that we do in HR, we deal with humans and, and we always talk about putting the human back in HR and, and really understanding and bringing our full selves to work. Well, you know, people like to think that politics is not part of, you know, what we do. And I, and I, I tend to push back and say politics is part of our values. You know, um, when we talk about politics, it's what we value the most and what we feel like it is the most. Now, the actual term politics is you know, completely different. But what it really comes down to is it comes down to the things that we value. And um, I think that that is important for us as HR people to understand and know that um, those values um, in many, many ways are very human. And a lot of them are, are, are very simple truths. You know, um, we want to create a work a workspace and an environment for our employees that um, that is truly equitable and inclusive, and we talk about these things like diversity and inclusion and all of this stuff. And in order to live and breathe, we can't just live and breathe that within our walls. We have to live and breathe that as people, and we have to live mm-hmm. and breathe that outside. And when we talk about being kind of leaders within our organization, the way we can lead is by making sure that our organization is also doing those things outside of just our little world. And so to me, it's kind of both. Um, Now, you know, I I know that not everybody has the freedom to be able, um, you know, or feels the safety within the organization to be able to speak out on those things, you know, in a public forum. And in some cases, many people who work for city and state governments maybe don't have the ability to be able to do that because there are laws and regulations that require it. But I do think that there are ways for HR to be, involved in um, injustice and in equity in a, in a, in a civic way um, that allows, allows that to be part of the culture that we, that we create um, as far as diversity inclusion. So for me, it, it, there's no line. It's just something that is part of kind of the spider network, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and I think it, one of the things that's interesting, and, and you kind of alluded to this at, at, at the start of your comment there, is um, for eight, I, I've seen this conversation happening a lot over the last month, especially um, where HR people will um, uh, will say, "Oh well, um, I don't want politics in the workplace." And but the question back to them, and, and for whatever whatever they're talking about, oh, um, 
you know, I don't want somebody with a Black Lives Matter bumper sticker in the parking lot or no, they can't wear a campaign pin or what or shouldn't be part of a protest, whatever it may be. I don't want we we need to keep politics out of the workplace. And the pushback to them is is it politics or is it is it a human issue? Is it is it about justice? Is it about equality? Is it you know is there this layer of politics over all of these things happening? Absolutely. But getting HR people and, and by extension everybody and business leaders to strip it back down and say some of these issues that we may be talking about are not politics. They're right, human right, exactly. issues. And that's and that's where I push back. You know, I push back on the idea of when I feel like when when the phrase gets said, well, we don't want to talk about politics. I feel like that phrase is really more of a we don't want to create any controversy. And I yeah. and that's where I push and that's where I push back on that because the idea is is where is it controversial to talk about the inequities that exist within our society? That's not yeah. controversial. That's a conversation that we need to be having within the walls because it is something that is going on outside and it and it directly affects your workplace, right? There are people who work within your building who this affects. And so they want to have these conversations and they want to know that that discussion is something that is comfortable. And so that's where I get back to the idea of creating a culture and environment where we don't, we don't dissuade this, but rather what we do is we create space and areas where those conversations can happen. And so if that is something that is available and is there, then there isn't a reason that HR couldn't be involved in the conversation for justice, right? Um, because the thing is, is I think that the tendency for HR to not want to be the, um, the lone wolf that takes a stance on equity and justice is because the culture's not been um, yeah. cultivated. And if the culture's yeah. not been cultivated, then that's why they're scared because they're going to feel like they're the red letter, right? Um, yeah. So, so that's where I say I think it's about, um, you know, educating yourself and then creating those environments where it can happen and it can exist. You know, and I think the thing is, is that we also have to take into account that I think, you know, us as Americans, we tend to be the ones that actually have difficulty being able to communicate about politics in a civil way and in a way that is productive and effective. Uh, if you go to other countries, um, you know, they're able to communicate and talk about these kind of things in a way that doesn't, you know, um, hurt feelings and, and create divides and things like that. I think our country is very unique in that aspect. And so I think we just need to relearn how to be able to communicate these kind of tough topics. You know, they're complicated yeah. topics. And so we need to learn how to communicate those in a way that, um, that allows for that complication and allows for the story sharing and, and allows us to really kind of learn and grow and connect with each other on a really human level. Well, and I think the, you know, the challenge also becomes that um, for, for, for HR professionals who, who want to um, take a stand um, or make some positive changes in their organization around, around justice and equality issues, um, like you said, if it's if if the culture is not ready for it, or if there's kind of a disconnect, and there's some cultural things that need to be fixed or addressed or or worked on first, then you run the risk of oh well, here's just another you know here's this HR leader coming out and saying because we've seen a lot of this in the last 
several weeks as well. Oh, we oh we need to start a, I need to start a you know a DNI program at work. Right, right, right. And so what it turns into is it's just another HR air quote program. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no meat behind it. It's a checklist. It's a mm-hmm. it's lipstick on the pig. It's whatever you want to call it. And and there's there's no substance to it. And that HR person is probably is probably personally invested in this and and really does want to do the right thing, but they are approaching it in in the wrong way. Yeah, um, and, and I I I am a firm like I, I think one of the things that we're seeing, especially about the movement for racial equality that we're seeing right now, as well as just the 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 um. The, the, the calls to action that you're seeing from uh, from a relatively young uh, 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 base here yeah. in this nation, I I think that we really need to learn from as HR people from what we're seeing in the movement. And this is not something new, you know, that these calls to action have been happening um, from people of color for a very long time. And so it's not anything new. But what I would say is, is that we, you know, we talk a lot about rethinking systems and processes and being creative and being innovative. But when it comes down to it, uh, you know, what, what I like to say is diversity and inclusion is an outcome. It is not a verb, right? Um, it is yeah. an actual outcome that happens when when we're in the work of equity, right, and creating equity within our environments. Justice is the tool to equity, which means that you have to go in and you have to break down these barriers, break down these systems, and completely rethink the way that you do things, which is uncomfortable, right? And I think the issue that you have is, is that that is where that you know, that change management kind of comes into play and being able to get comfortable with that. And so it's, it's really rethinking and relooking at the way that we do things, you know, and, and, and really asking ourselves, is this the way that it needs to operate going forward? And so, um, so, you know, the, the way I look at it is, is that, you know, people who look like me kind of come in and with these diversity and inclusion and equity, uh, you know, things and, and they really don't know the whole picture. So it's a lot about educating yourself and getting people, um, you know, around you and helping you along to be able to really make it happen. But I, I always fear the whole inviting people to the table because that assumes that there's power and that I'm, I'm yeah. inviting you here, but you don't hold the power. I'm one of those people, and this is kind of maybe, maybe I'm an HR anarchist, I don't know, but I'm kind of one of those, like, get rid of the table completely. Like, if the table is something that creates a a, 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 I'm in charge and you're being invited to it, then I want to just break down the table, smash it to bits and it doesn't exist. And let's do something different. We just tend to think of the systems. We tend to think within the parameters of the systems that we currently have. And that's the problem is that we're trying to solve these equity issues that we have. We're trying to solve them on the terms that maybe don't make sense anymore. And so I'd like to see something different. Now, do I have all the solutions for that? No, God, I don't. But that's the thing is I don't want to have the solutions. I want to be able to go seek out those voices who are disenfranchised by the systems and for years and be able to tell them if you could rebuild it from scratch, how would it look? And let's, 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 let's just pilot that and see what it looks like and sounds like and give up some of that power, give up some of that that influence um, to that mm-hmm. and, and be able to really mm-hmm. have those voices speak up and come up with something new because there are creative ideas out there and we've just never been able to be brave enough to allow those ideas to really become something that could be beautiful in the end. And will we make mistakes? Absolutely. But I think that when it comes down to it, our DNI cannot be pre- 
performative. It just can't. It can't be yeah. something that just is on the surface. It has to be something that truly has roots and truly is um, radical, you know, and, um, and that is really where it comes down to it because, you know, people can see through insincerity um, and, and, and definitely within your walls, they can definitely see through that. And so in order to really be asking the tough questions, you really have to kind of sit down and say, hey, you know, I'm looking at this table and we all look the same and that's a problem. So we need to really address that and we really need to be able to to put risk with that, to say, well, if all of us at this table look the same, then that means that we need to be not making those decisions and we need to give that power of decision making to somebody else. Um, and that's hard and a lot of people mm-hmm. don't want to relinquish that power, but I think that mm-hmm. we... I think that we are in a position now where we have to make radical changes and have radical ideas and radical movements around HR. We can't be just doing the same old, same old. You know, um, there there was a situation this weekend, and I don't have any idea who the HR person is at NASCAR, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not not a NASCAR fan, but Mm -hmm. um, they took some for for their their organization um, and their fan base, to be frank, they took some pretty bold moves to try to change things up that have been considered, you know, old boy network or whatever you want to say. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know how to, how mm-hmm. to say it. And, 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 you know, so they make these changes and then you see that horrible thing where Bubba Wallace, the only African-American driver in NASCAR winds up with a noose in his car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's an organization that took a stand and is trying to change their culture but it points. I think that incident, as terrible and horrifying as it is, points out that just because you make a statement or a culture, an organizational decision, you can't fix all the individuals, or they're right. not all going to buy in. Um, I thought the way they handled it to walk him out, like in, you know, like walk him out on mass to the track yesterday. I didn't see it, but I heard it on the radio. Thought that was really brave of the other drivers. But what do you do? Because that's kind of where the corporate lines, not, not, not necessarily that's an extreme situation, but that's where corporate lines start to get blurred a little bit about, like, what you say as a company and who buys into it in your organization. And the larger you are, the harder it is to, to fix that, I think. Uh, that's not a question, I guess, but it's more of a statement. But. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. You know, with anything comes risk, right? Um, and, right. And, and I think that that is what the call to action is by, um, you know, people of color and LGBTQ people and, 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 and those who, uh, you know, with different ethnic backgrounds and, 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 and women, you know, I think that no matter what, the call to action is, is that, hey, if you are a person of privilege and you work in any kind of position of power or influence within your organization, we need you to take a risk on what is right, and I think that that is really what it comes down to. And, I, and you know, for a lack of a better term and, and pun intended, you know, people who look like me need to put skin in the game, right? Our skin needs to be in the game, which means that there is going to be consequences to speaking out. And, and that might mean you may, you know, um, uh, unfortunately have to defend your position. You may lose employees. You may lose, you know, your reputation. People might, you know, um, you may say something wrong. Right. And 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 have to be accountable for what you say. And and that's all very scary. But I think when it comes down to it, those of us that are in privileged positions and those of us who have that have to be able to truly put that skin in the game so that we can say we are part of this. And that's where I go to the idea of being an ally really just isn't enough. You have to be an accomplice in this fight, you know, and 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 and, and it is a fight. We're in a fight for what is right 
and what is moral and what is real. And I think that when it comes down to it, if we as HR people truly believe in diversity and inclusion and equity and justice, and that we want that to live in our culture, then it can't just be an initiative. It can't just be we have these employee resource groups that meet once a month and talk about a topic. Mm -hmm. That's not enough. That's not enough. It can't just be, you know, a four hour workshop on a, you know, on a Friday afternoon with a happy hour afterwards. That, that, that's not enough. Um, mm-hmm. It has to be something where we encourage and we have these brave, crucial conversations where we really talk about tough things, you know, and, and really and challenge ourselves and challenge the leaders around us. And that can be uh, frustrating. It's emotionally uh, taxing. But I think that there are people who have been doing that for a very long time and calling for that action for a very long time. And maybe a lot of us are just waking up to understanding how much labor that takes and how much risk it takes. And so now we have to be willing to put up that, put up that labor and put up that, um, you know, that, that energy towards it. Mm-hmm. Well, we, um, let me just do a quick, quick uh, reset here. We are down to the last five minutes. Um, so, uh, want to do one, one kind of wrap up question, um, and then give us enough time so we can make sure to let people know how they can get in touch with you, Christine. So, um, wrap up, wrap up question or, 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 or one, one thing that often comes up a lot is, um, you know, we kind of laughed about it at the beginning because you said, yeah, well, in my spare time, I do this, right? <laughs> right. Um, we run a lot into, we've all, all three of us have heard this from, um, from our peers and colleagues who say, oh, I just don't have the time. They don't, they don't um, you know, and not everybody's going to have the time or the energy to go as full on throttle as you do because you are <laughs> going constantly. Um, but yeah. what, what can, what should, um, what's an easy way? for somebody who wants to be that accomplice um, in this fight for, for, for justice and equality, how can they start getting involved? How can they learn? What right, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that we're seeing, you know, I'm sure in your social media and everywhere else, and especially since, you know, um, uh, uh, since there's you know, this broad discussion of, uh, of the Black Lives Matter movement and, and social justice in general, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of people doing a lot of their self-work, which is very, very important, you know, reading books mm-hmm. and watching documentaries and listening to voices and really getting educated on our history and, and re-educated on on things that maybe um, people, like I said, who look like me, you know, were just never exposed to. And so I think that that's very yeah. important just in general. You've got to do your own work, right? Um, and, and so I, you tell, you know, do your homework and, and read your books and, 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 and learn, right? Um, but then after that, once that happens, I feel like there's a lot of being able to open your world to the work that's already been done. Um, you know, there are people who have already been on the ground doing this work, and there's a way to be able to get plugged in and involved with those people, um, you know, uh, and, and, and that's really important. Now, in the, um, you know, in the HR world, I feel like there's lots of opportunity for us to be able to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, I think that, you know, hosting you know, I, I know I kind of made fun of the employee resource groups earlier, but I do think that those are important. They have place, right? They really do, because birds of a feather really do want to flock together, and they really do want to sit down and have those diversity councils and those discussion groups and have those thoughtful yeah. conversations 
where they can talk about things. And so if you don't have those within your organizations, they are very important, you know, and, and um, so they are something that, that, that do have value, right? Um, and then also bringing that training within the walls um, and that education within your walls is important. And again, I know I made fun of it earlier, but I will say that, you know, um, being able to have um, discussions around that. But I would say that I'm more of a fan of discussions on how we have conversations how we talk about things, how do we discuss this within our walls, how do we allow ourselves to, to learn to keep calm and, and to talk about this. You know, I run a workshop called Navigating Tough Conversations that I, that I do both for the community as well as I've done for, for other organizations. And it's about being able to, you know, when somebody says something that you completely and 100% disagree with and think is absolutely infactual and fake news and whatever else you want to call it, um, how do you respond? You know, do you respond in a brave way, in a calm, cool, and collected way where you say, that's interesting, let's talk about that? Or yep. do you retreat from it? And I think that there's a lot of call to action for us to, you know, do those. And then, you know, Excellent. just various Excellent. things. Yeah, and then just various things, you know, banning the box, you know, that, is that something that we do within our organization? You know, um, reviewing our partnerships. Are we supporting Black-owned businesses when we're doing things for vendors and, you know, for when we're calling in lunch and when we're, you know, having, you know, uh, things like that. Do we have the ability to contact as an organization, our lawmakers and police departments and other connections to really say, hey, we stand behind this, um, you know, and then just, you know, very things Wait, like. But I'm gonna, oh, sorry. I'm gonna, I need to cut you off because we're going to run oh, out of no, time. <laughs> um, so um, fabulous conversation. Um, Christine, let our listeners know how they can find you online, where they can get in touch with you, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Absolutely. Feel free to connect with me. I'm also on Twitter at HRTACT, T-A-C-T-H-R-TACT. And then also my blog is HRTACT.com if you want to read um, some of my ranting. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, this was this was great. This was a great and much-needed conversation. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, thank thanks, you for everybody, having for listening me. to Drive Through HR. And peace out, everybody. Thanks, Kristen. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.